I think the levels. I don't know. Fuck it. We ball. We ball, baby. How was your week? Uh, pretty good. Uh, finally have stuff to do at work again. You know, it's like it felt like I've just been coasting most of the summer. Yeah. Uh, you know, my boss was just like paying me for 15 hours and it didn't really matter if I was like at the warehouse with my thumb up my ass the whole time. Just kind of hanging out. Uh, there wasn't really much to do. We didn't have a lot of gigs booked, so we're kind of just fucking around. Uh, so it's good to be doing something again. Cool. How about you? Dude, I feel great. I'm back from Pittsburgh. I've been chilling. You the knee thing on. Yeah. Is it, twe- it tweaked out on you? No, nah, it didn't tweak out. I just, I was, I was touching so much grass <laughs> that the knee just started. It started swelling I had an again. allergic reaction to <laughs> being outdoors. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it was great. Visited some family. Got to unplug for a bit. That's what's just up. Just fucking chilled. Moish. Yeah, Moish. it was great. Actually, we rented a pontoon. It was so sick. Yeah, that's and pretty. Just, that's pretty. That's like the optimal boat. I think. took it. I think it is too. I think I'm pontoon maxing from it's now perfect. on. Yeah, because at first he was like, "Yeah, we're renting a pontoon." I was like, "Yo, that's that's kind of lame. That's some sissy shit. That's yeah. chick. That's a chick boat." Kind of, you know? yeah. But then it, it's so easy though. You can get right up to the bank and you just rip that bait caster. You start jigging right up on that bank. Mm-hmm. I'm talking weedless, pulling over the mm-hmm. down tree. You're coaxing that big mouth like out. He's on coming every in. five seconds, like I do. Pow! <laughs> he just hits the top water. God damn. Oh yeah, that's what's up. Whew. Yeah, I, dude. It, the weather has been shit here this past week, dude. I didn't get any fishing in. I went down the pipeline one morning just to check things out, just to get the lay of the land because I never really fished down there. Yeah, did and, you go with her boy? No, I went by myself. Nice. I just popped down there real early one morning just to see what was up. Didn't catch shit, but uh, the well, river's the river's funky right now. You it's know, been it's been funky from all the rain we've been getting. Yeah, so it's like it's a little too high. You got to know too brown. Well, and that's why I'm starting to get into like real astrology. Oh, yeah. So I can know the moon cycle, the real bro. Astrology, dude, dude, everyone knows real like, shit. Fish are on the moon cycle, bro. I'm trying to get hip to all the the ancient star knowledge, and you can tell like the farmer's almanac. How do you think they know that it's going to rain ten months from now? And it does. It's like they're just fucking. They know how I to read this shit. Things, yo. I think it was a, a secret based farmer knowledge. There was a J.P. Morgan quote. It was boo. We hate that guy. But he said. Millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. So, like that, these top yeah, that level tracks, guys that tracks. Yeah, think about all like the elite occult stuff we talk mm-hmm. about week to week. Like oh, they were, all, they were all into all that weird shit. They're investing when like Mars is like because when you're like in you're when Mars, you can see it in the sky. Mars is personified in like Greek and Roman, you know mythology as like a bringer of war and so like it's probably not good to invest when mars is in the sky but when like jupiter who's the bringer of jollity when you see jupiter that might be a good time to invest you know i, I don't the know bringer, i'm still learning what? 
Huh? The bringer of what? The bringer of jollity, bro. What is that? I don't know. Can I you just explain played... what jollity is to me. Do you even know what that is? It's the it's having jolly, <laughs> jollity, the noun of jolly, having. I don't con- know either. Containing jolly, the only <laughs> full the, of jolly. The only reason I know Brimming that word, with jolly. or I think I know that word, is because I played like an orchestra piece in in college. That was Jupiter. It was the planet okay. hosts the planets. Gustav Holst. He has a whole suite of the nine planets. Or it might only I'm gonna be put seven. my monocle on and pretend that I know what that is. <laughs> he might have only done seven of them, but <laughs> okay, either cool, way, cool. each planet kind of like has its own like piece of music that's assigned to it. And Jupiter, it's a beautiful piece. I played timpani for it, but the title of it is Jupiter, and the subtitle is Bringer of Jollity. So I always just I don't know. I just equate it with. You know, it's a big, majestic, bouncing ball in the sky. Well, that's what they want you to think. They want you to think it's a big ball of gas. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, when you zoom in, do you think it's like lights illuminated? Because have you seen all the footage when like they zoom in crazy on stars swirly one like the swirly stuff with jupiter it looks like cymatics it's not even jupiter i'm talking about when you zoom in on stars and planets when you have a camera Mm -hmm. this is like flat earth stuff i'm talking about now when they zoom in like crazy on stars and planets it looks like just like it's not like a shining ball of light in the sky. Like when you zoom in, it almost looks like fractals and shit or whatever. It looks like there's like a cymatic frequency, like a cymatic image being produced in their different colors. Now, why they do like weird drawings of stars, like in the past, like the way they would render them would be odd. I don't know. Maybe so. You know, I'm talking about when you actually zoom in with like a modern lens, like crazy shit. It's because that's the thing. Technology caught up with the globe lie, according to some of these people, because they're saying like now you can zoom in across level water and see. Yeah, you can see shoreline far enough away where there should be curvature. It should be dropped down. You shouldn't be able to see it. Or like if there's a ship that's like miles and miles out to sea, you can still see it because like the curvature. You could zoom in for far enough. Because back in the day, they only had like little Christopher Columbus telescopes. Yeah, like where the horizon ends to the natural eye isn't exactly where it ends. I guess is the idea. You can zoom in and still and still see. Yeah, yeah. And technology is catching up with the globe lie. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Eddie Bravo yeah. lately. I have. I've been listening to a lot of Eddie Bravo. The newest student of 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Which, uh, anyway, <laughs> enough of that. I I was just listening to your appearance on Western Promises. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the fellas. I, I, had a, I got, a, I got the, the darlings. Call. I got the call, you know. They needed a third... The third seat filled. It's like, you know, the Batman logo? Literally. It's, but it's the Bucky's logo. I woke up from a nap and was like, and like we're recording at five. Do you want to be involved? I was like, oh, fuck. The <laughs> Bucky's like 30 fucking silhouette in the light, in, yeah. the, in the clouds. You're went like, up. I know. It went, it's actually, it was a thug shaker. I need to hop on Discord now. It was a thug shaker bat signal. Mom, not now. My friends need me Just on Discord. A large black ass in the sky going <laughs> like that. And I was like. It's time. I suited up, which doesn't really require me putting much on. That was your biblical vision. Yeah. That was your revelation. That was my burning bush. <laughs> that, was, that was my, momus, my, my, my Moses moment. Yeah. Everybody go listen to the Western Promises, boys. Oh, and please. Yeah. Those guys are great. The uh, best. It was, that was a fun one. I felt like my first appearance was really gay and sucked. 
uh, in my opinion. Uh, everyone else thought it was fine, but I just was just like nervous, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, this is just how it is. I don't know. But uh, this one was fun. This one, we had a good time. We talked about the Las Vegas Sphere, which I think everyone should, we all should really pay attention to what's going on with the Sphere. I want to play Halo on it. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. That's also. The only, that's the only reason we need it. Shout out. We always forget. We always do this at the very hey, end of the episode. we got it in the first quartile, baby. Shout out Bohemian Grove Clothing, Clothing Company. Co. The G's. Who the make absolute homies. Our shirt, as well as several other designs. I don't even know how many they have. They have a lot of shirts. I say that store is impressive and growing. Yeah, but they're always adding new designs. They got a lot of cool stuff. They got stuff for those working class heroes. They got the high-vis shirts. And it's real scare the hose shit. And I, the collection, I mistakenly, Mike, I mistakenly called it the hard messages. It's low-hanging fruit. Oh, I see. They're, they're doing anti-design. Because the messages are just like simple, silly, government bad, you know, stuff. But it's also like we're rebelling against art. We're yeah. just we're just slapping them because you can you can look at a design in a piece of art and like glean some meaning from it. Sure. And they're just being like, "Fuck that!" We're subverting all. I of did that. coke at the White House. We're just gonna say it on a shirt, and <laughs> yeah. you're gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love That's it. It's great. That's it's brilliant. The true postmodernists. We've re- we've really uh, come full circle here. Um. But yeah, go buy their shirts. Buy our shirts. Give us money. Money lo- me now. We love you. Uh, <laughs> me money. Me money needing. As well, we also have a Patreon. Uh, right now, it's pretty much just general support till we get back on turning out like videos and stuff. Hey, here's the thing, Jack. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. At 100 episodes. Right. 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 Right now, everything's right now. Patreon's just a dollar. And there is some bonus shit on there. Don't get me wrong. It was basically our Discord before the Discord. And now there's a Discord. After 100 episodes, we're going up from a dollar. So if you want to get grandfathered in, you only got like two weeks left, a couple weeks left. Mm -hmm. Um, Get in there. Get in there for a dollar. Get grandfathered in because we're going to go up to drum roll. Drum roll. Three whole dollars. That was see you just should have done the drum roll. I'm really bad at it. This is how much. <laughs> this is how hard of a grift we're pulling on y'all. Yeah, but gonna, there's only going to be we sold out. We're three dollars. Three dollars, baby. <laughs> we've sold out. I can't wait for the guy to DM me and be like, "I thought you guys were different." <laughs> Ethan Ralph, come dox us. Let's go. Uh, no, but we're gonna start putting old episodes on there. So there's only going to be a hundred episodes available at a time on Spotify. Uh, so once we get to 101, the first episode, we're going to put it on Patreon. So if you want to listen to the Old Testament, get it now. Yeah, um, sure. If not, we're going to slowly start putting the we're Old sure, Testament We're cycling on the page. them out. Yeah, we're cycling them out. Fresh content only, you know. Um, Which is good because that old stuff is so cringe, dude. It's so Well, that's kind of how it works when you start a <laughs> podcast. You know, that's how it works. But it's nice to, to see how much I think we've all like changed and grown and become more schizophrenic and become more retarded. I like to think I'm reasoned and principled now. I think I've become more racist as we've done this podcast. <laughs> You're just... <laughs> how racist are we talking? Like Lowry season insult on a... Uh, on a 
on a fucking smoke alarm racist or just uh, or, no i'm talking or, or roll my window up racist which which what, what level are we at here i'm talking dodge hellcat racist <laughs> i'm talking <laughs> <laughs> oh shit <laughs> he's got it bad folks oh man he's got it bad but no i actually today i had a real uh i had an honest to god killdozer moment today oh yeah i did uh, I went to the DMV. Oh, that's how it always starts. Well, here's here's the worst part. Dealing right? with the government on any capacity will typically go. You know what? I th- I like to think Marvin Hemeyer was onto something. Yes, <laughs> I like to think he was onto something. So already, I mean, it was my fault for letting my tags expire. But at the same time, there's a lesson to be learned there. Surely, <laughs> somebody stole my front plates. I don't know where they did it. But somebody stole my front plates probably to do crimes. Would say so, yes, yeah. They may have gone on a Dodge Hellcat. May have gone on a Hellcat, yeah. And so because they got stolen, I had to go in and get new. I couldn't just do it online. I had to, like, go into the DMV. Like, yeah, my plates are gone. So (laughs) I'm in there. And mind you, I made an appointment, and I still had to wait a whole fucking hour. What And then I get up there. I get up there, and the lady says, oh, I can't give you new tags. There's a hold on your vehicle from City of Richmond. I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean? He's like, there's a hold on your account from unpaid parking tickets from like four years ago, dude. God damn. I know. So. Oh, no. The city, man. I know. I love it. I ended up like paying them off. But like the whole time I'm like, yo, I could put just like 10,000 pounds of concrete in my Amazon cart. I could just get some steel plate I could turn from this, Lowe's. I could turn this F-150 into a death machine. I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. So I had a, I had a real killdozer moment just dealing with like all I wanted to do is like drop. And then I had a spiral because that's what the state will do is like. I, my plates got stolen, right? So I got fucked, but here I am driving hot up the road. And if some cop stops me, yeah. you know, he's liable to like write me a ticket and extort me for even more money for riding dirty. Mm-hmm. And let's say I fucking mouth up or do some shit or whatever. They might take my license. So here I am an honest to God working guy, the state, cause some cop is having a bad day. He's going to you know, take my license potentially for driving with hot plates. Like who gives a fuck, dude? Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Sure. No, it is. It's, it is very arbitrary. The, the like whole vehicle licensing thing is probably one of the more, I understand it, but I don't accept it. Does that I make mean, sense? I mean, from a public safety yeah. <laughs> thing, I get it. Yeah, but I don't accept it. I hate it. I hate that I have to do it. Yeah, it's I pay for dumb. the two-year thing just so I have to do it less, even though I'm still paying like the same amount, but I have to worry about it, you know, two years later. Yeah. You know, and like the same thing. It's it's funny. There's like, there's there's people who will make sure that they get all their stuff on their car in order on time, and then there's like people like us. Who are like, yo, fuck the government. don't give a shit. Yo, here's the best part, though, is that those parking tickets... I'll wait until the last minute. So I had two parking tickets, and I actually remember um, they both got sent to collections. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. So I'm getting calls, right? Fuck you. (laughs) I'm getting letters and calls. Anyway, I'm I'm looking at it, and like it went to collections, and the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, I'm going to let these fools call me and send me letters, and spend more on postage, spend more on man hours. I wanted to drain their resources. 
No, but I wanted I wanted them to spend more mm. resources coming after me for this measly little parking ticket than it was actually worth. Yeah, for like that $20 or whatever the fuck Well, at the end, so they even say on the ticket, like, oh, you're going to pay $15 more every 30 days. But it caps at like $75. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can never pay more than that. Yeah, it's just a threat. So I had two tickets, right? It was $150. They were $75 apiece. And they were both like four years old. And so for like three years, they were just calling me and sending me letters. They spent more than $150 oh, sure. on man hours, calling me, trying to confirm. And when they would call me, I know when it's collections people. So I just fuck with them and I keep them on the line and I'll just, is this so-and-so? Be like, what? Who are you talking about? Just keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Fuck with their Burn resources. Them. And that's the best thing we can do. You know, we talk about tyranny through bureaucracy. Small victories. F- fuck with their bureaucracy back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I heard a... Uh, like Matt McCusker's brother swim. He's always talking about like, he'll fight every fucking ticket just to like waste the court times. Yeah. Yeah, Just to annoy him. And like, yeah, it's like those little things like you can do where like you should, you should exercise your right. You should be fucking with the cops and like make them show up to court and like have to defend themselves. Oh yeah. Like, so yeah. Tell them why you wrote me the ticket. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, was it because you were having a bad day? And like, that's the thing. My plates got stolen, bro. And you're going to try to take my license? I mean, granted, that didn't happen. That's a purely no, no, hypothetical. No. It's a hypothetical, but, but nonetheless. Dude, have you seen a Dave Smith's stand-up bit about the cops? I don't know. It's I don't actually, think so. Oh, dude, it's so funny. Hold on. I don't on. think so. Yeah, yeah. Pull it up. He, pull has it. Like a, he has like a little bit about like the cops working for you. <laughs> I, like, I like Dave. I think Dave's uh, funny. He can be very funny. He, and he can also like deliver like kind of relatively like high high like thought process stuff in his specials minus like w- like without it coming across as too like wordy or stupid you know. I always get you with the wrong thing. I'm not afraid of a government shutdown. I'm afraid. You know what I am? What does I am afraid of is uh cops. That's who fucking scares me. Like our own fucking cops because they just. They arrest you for anything. Do you ever see those like YouTube videos where like uh, they'll be like you know at like a, a checkpoint and they're like license and registration and the guys will be like you don't have the constitutional authority to have my license. Like, Hell Jesus yeah, these guys are bro. based as fuck. <laughs> people really believe in shit. It doesn't matter how ridiculous it is. People believe in these crazy, ridiculous, made-up mythologies, just like ridiculous, untrue things that you're taught when you're little. You know, stupid shit like you have rights and. <laughs> And then people believe that, like it's a real thing. I I was talking to one of my friends, he was like protesting the cops, and he let this fly out of his mouth. This is even worse than you have rights. He said this to me, he goes, you know what's fucked up about the cops is they work for us. I was like, what? No, they don't. They were, I'm, I'm sure you were taught that in like a civics class somewhere, but that's just bullshit that they say to like keep you in line. The cops don't work for us. That's like, you, that's testable. You think the cops work for us? Okay, let, let prove it. I want one of you guys to go outside right now, round up a bunch of cops, and just, you know, start bossing them around a little bit. And we're going to find out pretty quickly who, who the cops work for. <laughs> Amazing. They go, the cops were, and so I said this to my friend, and he got very defensive because I started making fun of his. And this, you know, when you challenge people's bullshit mythology, they tend to get defensive. So he's like, well, no, I'm not saying like they work for us, but what I'm saying is the way the system is supposed to work is I pay my tax dollars, and that pays his salary. 
So he works for me. And I was like, okay, that, that is some interesting logic right there. Okay, so you pay your tax dollars, that pays someone's salary, so they work for you. Well, here's the part of that equation that you are willfully leaving out. You don't choose to pay your tax dollars. You fucking have to, okay? You have to. You have to at the threat of violence. At the threat of, we will throw you in a cage if you don't pay these, and then you pay them. Someone doesn't work for you if you have to pay them after they threatened you. Someone only works for you if you choose to pay them. That would be like if someone mugged you, and then you were like, okay, I guess that guy works for me. Now, I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm paying his salary. It, was, it wasn't until he threatened me that I paid his salary, but under the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and D- Dave's good. He, he always has... <laughs> His stand-up is, you know, people love it's, and hate it's, it. It's, it's a little high-minded for some audiences, I think. It's very pointed and biased, mm-hmm. obviously. But I'm a libertarian. It is funny. I'm a libertarian. No, that was that's, that's a, a funny. Good, bit. That was a good you bit. That was good. No, I'll give it to him. Uh, as as a comedy hater, uh, I'll give it to him. That was that wasn't bad. But yeah, that was that was my killdozer moment. I also had. Um, this is probably boring. I'll, I'll keep it brief. But, uh, <laughs> dude, it all this just reminds me of because, like, we don't normally interact with like government agencies on the regular. Like, no, we talk I avoid about it, the I CIA. avoid it at like the, the, uh, yeah. the plague. But see, the thing is, like, we talk about the FBI and CIA. And, like, we don't interface with them. Who Thank do we God. interface with? The post office, the DMV, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll never forget, I was living over in Lakeside, and I had uh, you know, my mailbox. And granted, my permanent address on like paper is not ever where I live. So I just... Yeah, yeah. I don't ever like, need them, I, hey, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I try to do that too. But that being said, <laughs> like anywhere I live, I just don't get mail. Like I like it's not a thing. You know what I mean? Love that. So like there's just someone trying there could be some person trying to find you and they're just like this guy's a fucking ghost. Yeah, 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 yeah pretty much. So <laughs> maybe that's why all those bills went to collections. Yeah, it's probably, probably part of it. But I, uh, I've opened up like eight credit cards and haven't gotten a single piece of mail. Yo, so get this. Hey, I'm still walking, right? Check it. So this guy, I, it's a, this this postal worker. Every day, I would notice like diligently, like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. He would just like put junk mail in my mailbox, and then go to the next house and just keep doing his thing. And every day, he would just put junk mail in my mailbox to the point where like I never checked it. Like I go months without looking. Like when I lived alone, you know what I mean. When I lived alone, bachelor life. Yeah, because <laughs> your mailbox is just slowly getting stuffed. Yes, that's <laughs> what like happened. Stuffing shit into it. And the thing is, it's people that live there before me. Yeah. So yeah. they're getting coupon books and crazy shit. Now I'm getting junk mail or whatever kinds else. Of shit, right. Yeah, yeah. So one day I'm getting home from work. I'm getting out the truck and I'm watching this mailman like try to stuff just more junk mail. Give it and, up, dude. And there's no there's no room. There's no room, right? So he kind of looks at me, Whimpers right? Whimpers a little. Please. He hits me with the uwu. Could you please empty the mailbox out, sir? This motherfucker looked at me. He goes, your mailbox is full. And I just stared him straight in the face and said, no, it's not. And here's the thing. This might be the most neckbeard thing 
This might be the most neckbeard thing I've ever done. Riddle me Just this. Tell him. No, it's no, not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's so, good, dude. No, it's not. <laughs> so, riddle me this. If you hang out of a truck window with a baseball bat and smash a mailbox, that's a felony. Sure. Right? Why is it a felony? Because mailboxes are federal property. Sure. So this guy said, your mailbox is full. And I said, like, no, it's not. It's not my mailbox. Your mailbox is full, Yes, that's what I did. I laughed in his face. I said, your mailbox is full. Clean it up, Janny. Get the yes, mail out of there. That's exactly. And dude, the look he gave me was like, what the fuck? He had a moment where he's like, what the fuck? He even, what yo, the fuck, man? This guy looked at me. He said, yo, you have a lot of mail in here. He said, there's, there's your mails in here. I was like, that's not my mail. Like, that has other people's names on it. I don't get it, it. To address. None ever. of this is mine. Like, none, yeah, yeah. none of what I guarantee. Like, I will put my fucking dog's life that none of There's the mail. There's a single piece of mail that has my name on it. <laughs> There's no mail in here that has my name on it. I was like, you are coming here every day. I told this to him. Again, this is the most neckbeard thing I've ever done, but I literally told him, I was like, you come here every day and you just stuff trash in that thing and you expect me to throw it away? I was like, that is your box. I was like, that's federal property. If I deface that, it's a felony. So that means it's yours. I could remove the box. I'm like, and, and here's the thing. None of that mail is addressed to me if i throw it away or deface it yeah. that's criminal yeah so don't so it. so this guy from the fucking post office is telling me to commit crimes fuck that guy <laughs> i'm calling your supervisor i bet that I'm motherfucker stole my front plate it's probably him but anyway as that revenge was, as revenge i've had a couple killdozer moments where i was just like Ready no i yeah. i don't play <laughs> with I'm with petty government getting agencies. a van and putting like a three thousand pound lead brick in it and just running into something real fast yeah you know <laughs> like, over it <laughs> that's i love the fucking it's no it's not <laughs> You said your mailbox is full. No, it's not. That's not my fucking mailbox, you love that, asshole. Dude. That's so good. <laughs> Man, you probably ruined that guy's life. The worst part is, is because I that house was in the same neighborhood where I work. And so he delivers at the apartments where I work. He so he sh- sees me all the he'd time. He's like, oh, you see. He's like, oh, this is that sovereign citizen. It's mailboy. <laughs> it's Dale Gribble. <laughs> yeah, it's Dale Gribble, the mailboy. That's fucking, that's wild, man. I love it. Holy shit. (laughs) Dude, we should just harass bureaucracy. That's what I'm on. That's honestly, that's where I'm at is just harass bureaucracy. pranking them a little. Yes, fuck them. Give them a little prank. The parking authority? Oh, well, those guys. Fuck them. Those people are, uh, those people don't have souls. They're very, uh, those are are like happy bureaucrats. Those are the kind of people you, those, those are the guys, those, those aren't good people. The parking authority people are yeah. losers. That's like that's a job for losers. Like I don't care if they, I don't care what level of class they are. If you're parking enforcement, you're a fucking loser. That's all. That's well, and they're out here line. like, and if they put chalk on your tire, like they're just defacing your property. Like you can't, you can't just mark just because you work for the city. You can't just touch someone's shit. Oh, how wrong you are. <laughs> well, and that's what gets me, man. This is why I'm so. Like I empathize with the killdozers yeah, <laughs> so yeah, much. Yeah, I empathize with the uh, hardcore. Uh, is because look at this. Yeah. Is that I'm, I'm being extorted to leave my machine somewhere. Yeah, because I can't like just park it 
right next to wherever I am or something. And you would think that like a civil society of normal functioning people, it's the golden rule. I would park normally because I want other people to park normally. So to operate in a functioning society, you do as you would do unto others, that whole fucking Uh, weird shit. What did he just say in there? He's talking about the guy who's like, that's how society should work. You're right. It don't be like that. It don't be like that sometimes, you know? They don't think it'd be like it is, but it is. No matter how nice you are, no matter how much of an upstanding man you are, society doesn't care. Yo, my buddy You don't get rewarded for it. My buddy told me his grandpa (laughs) said that locks are for honest people. Yeah, locks keep... Yeah, yeah. Locks are for honest people, because if you watch any lock-picking lawyer, dude, so much physical security is just bullshit. Right, yeah. Locks locks are to keep honest people out, I believe is the phrase. Because dishonest people can get through them in a... Oh, they're getting in. Haven't you seen Ocean's Eleven? Uh, dude, a, a nice power drill will take care of any lock, just about a good portion of them at least. Yo, most master locks, you just need a, a sweet hammer. You just something to yank it real hard with and it'll pop right off. Some pliers and a hammer <laughs> yeah, it'll and come, it'll come you're right getting a master lock It'll off, come right dude. the hell off. <laughs> okay, anyone who hasn't gone down the autistic rabbit hole of just watching lockpicking lawyer mm-hmm. videos for like 10 hours a day. Oh yeah, no, the day, I learned that... <laughs> I learned that, like, I know it's simple and stupid. I learned about, like, drilling, you know, those, like, uncuttable locks? Yes. You can just drill the core out of them and they come right off. Of course. It's hilarious. Like, the day I learned that, I was like, what? Really? <laughs> like, and there's a these lot. These are the ones they give you at storage units to tell you that your unit won't get broken into. This guy even sells, uh, like, lockpick kits, and yeah. he'll show you on his channel. Like, it's That's really cr- easy. Like, you know when you yeah. do it in Skyrim? It's actually, like, pretty easy to do it in real life. Easier apparently. than that, almost. Yeah. yeah, like, it's less frustrating, too, probably. <laughs> Well, it's like a tactile kind of like touch thing, mm-hmm. you know, where you kind of like feel it out. Yeah, you get it's the, a skill. You hit that, the pins just right. And but then it's it'll... a skill that anyone can learn, you know. So yeah. that's why, like, again, that whole saying locks are for honest people. I got an army of Downs kids that I'm teaching how to pick locks right now over at the uh, youth center. And uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go get into some stuff. And then we're gonna go. unleash them in Ukraine. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna send them over there to fight the good fight. <laughs> ice spice in Ukraine, picking ice locks. Ice, the ice spice battalion in Ukraine, uh, leading the charge. That'd be so sick. De- demining. If there was like a, <laughs> they're, they're doing demining operations. <laughs> just a, a a downs platoon in their patches. Ice spice. It's her. Her with her hand over. That's her real pussy. war heroes shit. Her with her hand over her pussy. Shout out uh, Chef Adam Libby, dude. Who? Chef Adam Libby. Is he the... That's a dude I post in the group chat all the time. I, yeah. I He's a Downs dude who makes barbecue and smokes <clears throat> meat. I saw a, thing, a video of him drinking his first IPA and I was like, no, don't do it. Dude, that dude crushes beers. <laughs> yeah, that was not his first IPA. He said IPA. he was like, trying out his first IPA. Oh, uh, well, maybe his first IPA because he crushes Miller's. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he drinks no- normal beer. It's funny because like when you get on like Downs people's like algorithm, yeah. when they start like showing you sure. shit... Dude, retarded dudes crush beer. Yeah, they have a good time. They crush beer. I think they enjoy life more than we do. Well, and, and people have like this mindset that like they're infantile or childish. Yeah. It's like, dude, when they turn twenty one, like they want to fucking crush Bruce. Yes, <laughs> like they're yeah. the ultimate. Well, they're getting bros. like dragged around, and they're given like those like they're 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 like getting dragged around by whoever their handlers are, and being given like those toys you see at the doctor's office with the beads on them, and it's like. Give them a little stimulation, man. They don't need like brain damage patient puzzles to play with. My buddy has let, a, let him let him play with an RC car or something. My buddy has a Down syndrome son. He's adult now, and uh, 
the dude apparently like loves WWE, wears Based. real tree and Based. dips. That's so fucking cool. Dude. That's sick. I want to rip That's lips sick. and pack grizzly man, dips with that motherfucker. Let's party, man. You got to have some fun with those guys, I think. You have a lot of fun with those guys. Uh, but uh, so I had some uh, I had some things I wanted to get into today. You noticed some things? I noticed a couple things. I, I'm trying to... I don't know what... I think the best place to start is with... Uh, so we talked briefly about the False Memory Syndrome Foundation in recent past. I'll just fucking tell all that shit now. Um, but they, they're they're... They come up a lot now. Uh, there's this chick on Twitter who I want to talk to about getting on potentially named Dana. She does really good deep dives on the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. I highly suggest you guys go follow her Twitter and YouTube. Um, she has like the DOS on these motherfuckers. Like she does very good in-depth research. And um, she's like a McGowan head, you know, program Burp to kill. King. Yeah, Bird King of podcasting. Uh, she's into all that stuff. I, I had coffee today. And it's making my stomach just like fucking. That's crazy. You're literally over there vaping and ripping Starbucks. Yeah. And you're I'm so fucking gassy. I'm wired, too. You're so gassy. You're yeah. like Jupiter. You what are the bringer of jollity. I ate the pho before I went and got the coffee. So there's just like... You're just a gas giant. A bunch, yeah, literally. I'm Jupiter. I am King Jupiter right now. And... um. But they... She's like kind of hangs around that paratop politics sphere Twitter, which I will say... they the one thing The one thing about a lot of those folks is... They're all like Marxists usually, so I kind of have a vision divide with them at some point. And McGowan was, I guess, a little bit of a lefty himself, but they act like it's like this cherished knowledge that only like they like gatekeep it really hard, which is kind of weird. Like they probably wouldn't like us. What do you mean? They would be like <clears throat> they gatekeep the whole like program to kill shit. Like they act like they're the only ones who are like the authorities on it, and anyone else. Who's like in the conspiracy realm is like an op, and like if you aren't like they they're very gatekeepy and it's kind of cringe. Uh, well, like, like they they got they're mad that Joe Rogan is talking about David McGowan now. Well, I could see that, and here's here's a point though. Here's what I'm saying is that uh, I was listening. Well, obviously I had to listen to last episode to edit it, and we're having a conversation about you know right and left and people. You know, originally, it seems that like QAnon people would be happy and rightoids would be happy that this movie Sound of Freedom came out. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they they're quick to be schizophrenic and call it an op now because we live in that time frame where it's almost like the information Ouroboros. It's almost like the where you would think on its face value rightoids would be happy that this content is coming out and the message is they getting like out. They can't even trust it. But it's they can't even trust it now because it's <clears> that <throat> Ouroboros kind of like left, right, like the horseshoe becomes a circle. Yeah, they become, you know they what start I mean? eating it. Yeah, it starts eating its own So, self, I yeah. mean, I could see from their standpoint how they think that like, oh, obviously everyone's a good guy in their own story. So they're going to think that the lens that we're putting on this is correct, even if it's like a leftist lens, because that's the thing. Leftism and all that shit, it's decidedly, well, I guess if you're like an anarcho-communist, you're anti-government. If you're big government communist, that's very different. Yeah, typically I think Marxist Leninists are totally fine with central planning and large government. Yeah, which obviously we're not. And if you do more <laughs> central planning, 
then you know that equals more central killing yeah (laughs) typically all that abuse and a lot of stepping on people's heads and in the name of the greater good whatever you might think that is and look we do that though so that's why i can empathize is that we do that because it's like we think we have the right lens on it Uh, yeah everybody's everybody thinks they're right at the end of the day everyone's a good guy in their own story so you know i'll at least i'll grant that uh, but it would be nice to maybe talk to some of them and see like, hey, where can we find common ground? Like, what do we objectively agree on? And like, left or right, it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, human trafficking is bad. Right. And if our government is taking part in it, we should be exposing it no sure. matter your political leader. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, 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 and there, yeah, that does make me think that we were talking about like the, and there is a large sphere, I think, of the QAnon right that really loves that movie. And then there's a smaller sect of them that are very vocal and anti that that Ballard guy got pressured so much he had to come out and make a video. The guy, the guy we talked about, yeah, he had to make a video. Like he's like, I'm not a mar. He's like, I'm not a Mason or whatever these people are inferring that I am. Like he made like a, which is usually I think what I usually think is that's people damage control. That's, that's PR. All, that's, that's PR. That's always what it is. And, <clears throat> and but see, usually the best form of damage control is to just never respond to allegations from people that you would probably decry as schizos. If they're fucking schizos, why are you even fucking validating their opinion by making a response video? You should just ignore it. It seems a little silly. It seems like someone who is trying to do damage control by even responding to allegations from a guy who has a QAnon tattoo on his arm. Crazy. You probably... Like, I didn't take everything that guy took 100% seriously. I was just like, here's a different take on that movie. Yeah. Which I find interesting. That like these guys who this movie is supposed to be targeted towards, who in the media it's being smear uses used as a smear, that they're like, this guy's a fucking op. <laughs> like that even they're like, this guy's a fucking op. I find that interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of the same thing with these lefties who are these parapolitics researchers. Um, who, a lot of accounts that I follow that I really like their opinions on things, and I think they present information very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the information I've used for the show that we've covered have kind of come from some of their threads and stuff like that. But to see them like be like, Rogan talks about McGowan. Oh, fuck off, Rogan. Like it's like, is it not good that the largest platform in the fucking country, arguably one of the largest shows in the country, yeah, is talking about the Godfather of parapolitics and bringing his stuff to light? I think that's a good thing no matter how you spin it. If people are being exposed to it, that's fine. I mean, once he makes an actual mistake of how he covers it, sure. Yeah. You can but just the fact that he mentioned it, I don't think is enough to be like and make a fucking stink about it. Well, it's it's also like any press is good press. So just because this guy that you don't agree with a hundred percent is pushing a <laughs> message that you might agree with, it's like you know, you don't you don't have to align a hundred percent with somebody. Like, and I hope, and I know that people that listen to us yeah. don't a hundred percent align with everything and I, that we say. And we don't try to and align. That's cool. And we don't try to align a hundred percent with anything that we take in or try to push a message that like sits specifically Dude, in one fucking place. Me and you disagree every other episode on something. On something, you know, and that's normal and that's yeah. cool. And, uh, it's just it's funny to watch them act like that, you know, like, I don't know. They feel like they're like, it's like you guys want this information out there because you spend hours and make podcasts and shows and huge documents. But Google apparently docs. they're the only ones that can talk. About but it. then when people catch on to it, you're upset about it. It's like this is what you guys wanted, right? I think everyone should have to read Program to Kill. I feel like that should be fucking like core doctrine if you're getting yeah. conspiracy and parapolitics stuff. Well, I also think there's that gatekeeping thing of like, 
oh, if someone else talks about it, they're going to fuck it up. Well, I also think they're mad just because Rogan doesn't push inherently leftist politics. I think that's part of the problem. Like, if Joe Rogan was like, I love Lenin and Stalin, they'd be like, slay queen. You know, but because it's Joe Rogan, who's had people on that they probably think are like Satan or something, you know, it's like suddenly suddenly the talking points aren't valid anymore because it's coming from the wrong mouth. Yeah. No, uh, you're right. Like, I mean, even we say Rogan is an op, but my... I don't care about that. The point is, if this subject matter, which is wildly important subject matter, that most people will take that into their own hands and start reading those books themselves. Like, you're not getting an altered message of it if you're just reading the book the guy wrote. Well, and how much of it, though, if he is an op, is, again, going back to that Ouroboros of, can we trust anything anybody says? That's why why I try to, you know, I end up checking out most of the time is, like, when I start thinking about it, like... Why does somebody want me to think this? It's because just like Owen Benjamin proved in his tweet thread, he was like, dude, they shelved that movie for like five, six years until it was ready to be out for maximum profit. And it's like, so obviously everything we're seeing, it's a false reality. It's a manufactured paradigm. So I go back and forth of like, you're right. Like, but how much of it is, it's just something you want people to hear. You know what I mean? It's just something because same thing. Rogan talks about MK Ultra. Same thing for me because he talks about MK Ultra. I think that's really cool for people to hear yeah. and look up and be like, "Hey, there's white papers on this where like our own government fucked with us." A lot of and regular yeah. people, and they Quite continue to do it. Um, Didn't go away. <laughs> but how much of that is confirmation bias of a limited hangout of like, it's the same thing with the Georgia Guidestones when they got blown up. It's mm-hmm. like, we, it's a symbolic victory of like, yeah, Rogan's talking about it. Yeah, this, that, all these people are talking about it, but it's just as much a limited hangout. It's just as much an op. It's just as much a manufactured facade of, you know, even this Sound of Freedom movie, people are saying it's 100% an op to whitewash. Look, no names get named. Yeah, Nobody yeah. gets arrested. This Ballard guy was... He's telling you a story. <laughs> he was probably facilitating it. Like you said, uh, you know, once you pull the cameras out and you expose yourself and all this shit, they're going to kill you. Yeah. So how is it they didn't kill this guy? Was he that deep undercover? Yeah, it's like, was he that fucking good? I d- yeah, I doubt it. Or was he facilitating it and like making... The guy making, who makes a cell phone yeah. video going, listen, I'm not a mason or whatever these people are. I don't think that guy's very Bro, good at uh, going deep cover. I don't have the tab pulled up, but I forgot to mention it last time. There was like a 14-year-old girl found at like a military base. I saw that story. And the family said she was, she was sold. sold. Yeah, yeah. I find that, and they uh, found her at a military base. I find that what the deeply fuck? disturbing. Um, the shit is when they say systematic, that's what they mean. Yeah, yeah. It's like the military's doing it. Like crime families are doing it. Uh, politicians are doing it. You know, I mean, Franklin. Like, and it, we're about to talk about these big scandals. The False Memory Syndrome Foundation ties into all of this in a way, all this child trafficking stuff, because the primary usage of what the False Memory Foundation Syndrome Foundation does is they come in and they use, uh, they discredit people. They ch- specifically, I believe, their targeting is discrediting things that were brought up via therapy, where someone like goes into therapy and they're like, "Oh my God, I just realized I was like molested when I was younger." Yeah, and they try to discredit those people. <laughs> Typically, they try to discredit any children's testimony by saying like they can be implanted with false memories via like you know trauma like trauma based. They call, but they always say hey, we can't rely on things that were brought up in therapy and like a child's child can be almost suggested 
to remember these things. I do agree with that, but there is a line where you have to be like a human. Like yeah. you can discern like <laughs> and that's why I think if a child is going to be in therapy, like they normally record all those sessions. So you can go back and watch and be like, oh, this person is clearly suggesting this yeah. to this person yeah. and be like, oh, did this person touch you here? And they'll ask them like a hundred times. And then times. you go, where did they touch you? And then it's like, and then next and thing you And they just know, automatically, they're like, oh shit, well, I guess it was my shoulder, it's maybe? It's like the same way like police do questioning. There's, so, there's a certain yes. thing to it. It's it's meant to make you, it's to coerce you. So there is like some sort of like logical reasoning to their argument, but, but it can it's be, almost like it can be the, used for very malicious purposes. Exactly right. It's like the ADL, how on its surface, the Anti-Defamation League on its surface they're f- they stand for good and good purposes, but tell they usually that. end up fucking deplatforming people well, and yeah, doing harm. Yeah, over over like kind of nonsense. Sometimes, sometimes genuinely hateful. Rhetoric. So the False Memory Syndrome Foundation they were involved in like the Galane trials and everything. Right, Galane trials. They were um they were involved in the famously the big ones that were their like bread and butter was like McMartin Preschool. Uh, Is Frank- that Finders Cult or uh, no, no? But they Franklin were part scandal. of the. Franklin scandal. I think they were involved with the Finders Cult too, which is it also in that um, that oh, that Twitter thread I have too goes into them and Peterson. But we don't need to go to that yet. But um, so let's let's just chip away at a little bit of this article because it'll kind of give us a little overview of what they are and just tell that shit. No, it won't make you do it. Um, so the false memory syndrome. This is okay. Let me. This is by Scott Armstrong. This is for Last American Vagabond, which is like I believe Whitney Webb has a show on there. They do like conspiracy related stuff. I'd consider them more of like the level headed conspiracy stuff. You don't hear as much outlandish. It's more government intrigue, less uh, flat Earth and Tartaria and shit that we yeah, kind of yeah. tend to get into here because it's fun. Um, they don't like that fun. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, so the false memory syndrome foundation. A now defunct nonprofit organization founded in 1992 was born out of a need to cover up and discredit adults who were coming forward and reporting instances of childhood sexual abuse that they experienced when they were younger. An analysis of the FMSF's scientific advisory board intersects with so many other fascinating areas of research, including including the CIA's MK Ultra program and some of the most infamous sex crime and murder cases of the last 35 years, including the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Yeah, so a lot of the head people that were part of SMF are MK Ultra former MK Ultra scientists? Uh, a lot of weirdos show up in there, but um, so let's talk about the Freds were the people who started it, um, and it. Peter Freed is a mathematician, and her mother—that's the girl who accused them of something. Jennifer Freed, and her mom Pamela Freed is a school teacher with an interest in childhood science education. Jennifer had been attending therapy to help her process things in her past, which led to some extremely powerful recollections. And after attending some of these sessions, Jennifer's younger sister, Gwen, revealed some shocking information that allowed Jennifer to view her childhood in a new light. She revealed that their father, Peter, had been sexually abused as a child, and Jennifer began to recontextualize a lot of things from her past that seemed a bit odd, now seeing these things as the product of sexual abuse. So basically, this daughter, who wasn't abused, had a sister that was abused, and it was only in therapy when she found out that her sister was abused, that she started to be like, wait a minute. Oh, so fuck. All these things in my past were like actually... No, may, maybe you seemed no, off. No, yeah. But she passed them off as innocuous. Exactly. Became suddenly like, it's like a clicking, a realization where you're like, what the fuck? My family's actually fucked up and weird. Yeah. Um, and so 
An article from The Cut entitled The Memory War does a fantastic analysis of the overall story of their of the false memory syndrome foundation. However, it leaves a lot left unsaid, particularly in analyzing the key fingers behind the foundation, which we will do in this article. Here's an excerpt from that article describing the nature of Peter's abuse as a child. Uh, so there were things about her father that Jennifer had previously written off as jokes or exaggerations. He repeated prideful references to his one-time status, status as a kept boy. So her dad was abused. Is what they were talking about, but the daughter was clued in. The other, the daughter that was in therapy was clued in on some other things that made her realize how weird her fucking dad was. Um, so he was a kept boy of a prominent artist, and how he always wanted to talk about Lolita, the pin art impression of his penis that was displayed in the family's living room. But after what Gwen said, Jennifer suddenly saw these things differently. What had once been a low-grade anxiety in the presence of her father became intolerable. So, a 1994 article from Philadelphia Magazine, republished by the Stax Reader by Stephen Fried, goes into further detail about this idea of Peter being a kept boy. Nine-year-old Peter had a sexual relationship with his well-known male artist in Providence, who even took him to Mexico for a summer. He was a pedophile. I was a kept boy, Peter says. I never repressed a thing. What happens is certainly abusive. I suspect I did not perceive it as abusive then. My relationship stopped at a critical point when I detected sexual feelings in myself. And from the age of 11 on, I was living very much the life of a typical 11 year old. And one of those, it was one of those things about me that was on the table from the beginning. So he's saying he was abused and he never viewed it sexually until he like hit 11. And then he was like, Oh, this is weird, which I find odd. But <laughs> so Pamela and Peter Freyd first met when they were children. Peter's father and Pamela's mother were married to other people. However, they began having an affair with each other when Peter was nine and Pamela was seven. <coughs> Around the same time, the sexual abuse Peter was experiencing, Peter and Pamela's parents married each other a few years later. So he met his soon to be wife or eventual wife when he was seven and nine, when they were seven and nine years old. But he was being sexually abused at the time. So, let's see. A few years later, when Peter was 14 and Pamela was 12, their parents married each other. So, they, these are step-siblings who got married, which is also fucking weird. They're the OG, like, Pornhub degenerates. That's what it feels like. They're like <laughs> what it feels like now. reading. So, it's unclear. Uh, all of these facts culminated together one day for Jennifer while attending therapy, and she had a sudden recall about alleged abuse that she had experienced at child at the hands of her father's from the memory. This is from the memory war. Jennifer has never publicly described what she says her father did to her. She sees no benefit in recounting the details. If pressed to give it a name, she says he molested her. In her earliest memory of it, she recognizes the bathroom in the house where the family lived when she was three years old, and in her latest, she's a teenager meaning the abuse would have spanned at least a decade. The memories didn't arrive all at once, but were staggered, resurfacing with special, special intensity after her parents came for their visit. So the therapy allowed her to unpack all these repressed memories, and she realizes, oh yeah, my dad was definitely molesting me, and also I never really looked at like how fucked up his past was. So Jennifer asked her husband to call and ask her parents to leave, that she wanted them to leave. Let's see, let me get... Let's just go to this. So what is false memory syndrome found? Like, what is the false memory syndrome? It's not an official diagnosis and it can't be found anywhere in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So it's a condition in which a person's identity and interpersonal relationships are centered around a memory of traumatic experience, which is objectively false, in which the person strongly believes that... The, so they're, they're believing fake memories. But the issue is this has never been officially diagnosed. 
And these people started a whole foundation to make it a legit thing. These weirdos that we just read about. And it's probably predicated on the idea that like people in their own life can like have an experience like, oh, I was at Disney World and like this happened and this person talked to me and it was the most magical thing when in reality it it was probably way more mundane than that. And it's like it's a phenomenon that we all do. And it's like something that we like can all attest to like actually happens like you mistell a story or like you exaggerate it over the years. But I think when it comes to sexual abuse, they're talking about like coping mechanisms where sure. you like your brain literally represses it. And like that can happen where <clears throat> like your brain to go into survival mode, like it just does not even think about that shit on a, on a regular basis, you know, but it's not diagnosed. It's not like an official condition. Yeah, and then these people started a foundation to like bring awareness to it and basically be like, hey, this thing, but it this was a knee-jerk reaction to the idea that like they got accused by their own daughter of stuff. And the idea is to immediately try and discredit and like work backwards from an accusation. You know? Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, we need to find out if this accusation actually happened, it immediately starts on the ground of it's so outlandish that it could even happen. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of that's the problem that starts right there. And the fact that these people both obviously have a very weird fucking past probably are weird degenerates. There's a good chance based upon what I'm reading that there was a, I'm going to say allegedly they might've done what the daughter's saying they did. But I think the other issue of this group coming into existence and being used the way they were used, and they may not have been intended to be this way is that I think there was a large, I think there's enough evidence out there to maybe suggest that there was some kind of large group of people that were very well organized doing lots of, uh, molesting children right in various places like daycares and institutions of power where people had power over young people and responsibility over them boy scout troops and uh, these groups people are specifically brought in on these certain cases to discredit anyone who is making accusations against people they probably discredited some altar boys. I mean, shit, you Presidio know? is a great example that I, I don't know if they were involved in that, but the idea of them saying that these kids like didn't remember, like trying to discredit a kid's recollection where a kid was like perfectly able to describe Michael Aquino. Yeah. And that room they were in and they went to that guy's apartment room when I talked about that and they found the apartment that had like the black drapes and all the shit and the clawfoot bathtub that the little girl described. People like False Memory Syndrome Foundation would come in and say that that's just some kid's fucking cockamamie made up bullshit. Oh, yeah. And it that's just their happens that when they busted these people. Yeah. Like, how how is that a coincidence? Yeah. Like, no, obviously that person, and we should believe most people. The Franklin scandal went up so high. It's very crazy that this group comes in and they basically use, like, pseudoscience that is developed by, like, MKUltra people yeah. to debunk legit accusations that go so high in the halls of power that the Franklin scandal touched people in the white house. Well, see, here's what I'm getting at. Let me, let well, not what I'm not getting at anything, but here's my question is that it makes sense why someone would make up a story against like a family member or someone that they don't like in their personal life or like you want to punish somebody. So you'll just, make a false accusation or you'll tell your kid like a lot of fucked up single mothers will like tell their kid to say some shit to get their baby daddy fucked up or whatever like that happens but what what does like a child gain or anybody gain from like making up 
stories about the FBI running like trafficking rings and being a part of this stuff. And like you said, Michael Aquino's bedroom, like mm. what would possess a kid to make anyone? up something so fantastic? You know what I'm saying? It's Even like, like the satanic ritual abuse stuff. Like if kids who know nothing about what SRA is can like they're watching Caillou. They can literally tell you exactly like all the trappings of an SRA situation. That, right. When, they're, they're watching they Arthur. Can, yeah, why would they, they don't have all watch these... that shit? They why don't know. They, why would they have an entire depiction of a dark ritual in their mind to a T? You know, it makes no sense. It doesn't. It literally doesn't. And these people were routinely used to sell people like to discredit actual people coming forward with yeah. real arguments routinely. So, um, you know, they got dissolved in 2019. Finally, they got gone. But yeah, Louis Jolly Jolly on West was a big guy in it. One of the guys who interviewed. Uh, he was uh, he interviewed Lee Harvey Oswald. He interviewed Jack Ruby, all these fucking people. You know, he's MK Ultra motherfucker was one of the main people who pushed this and used them as like a way to fight like Scientology and all these other groups. Like he had a war with Scientology going on. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting to see what they are wielded as a weapon against. Um, so they officially closed down in 2019, but uh, their scientific ad- advisory board uh they were able to gain a lot of influence in academic and judicial circles by amassing a team of highly accredited, influential academics, scientists, psychologists, and researchers. So, I mean, you got Aaron Temkin Beck, MD, deceased psychiatrist and professor of psychiatry at University of Pennsylvania. He's the father of cognitive therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, we got a Rutgers professor, pioneer in the field of cognitive development. Uh, who's also dead. Who's also dead. Yeah, most of these people are dead, I believe, that started it. Ernst Hilgard, psychologist and professor at Stanford University. Famous for his research into hypnosis. hypnosis in they the used hope to see hypnosis as a fucking weapon. Uh, Jolly on West, who we just talked about. Uh, he has a fascinating background intersecting in one way or another with some of the most prolific characters in American history. Yeah, he interviewed. he's interviewed every single freak there could be. Uh, and killed an elephant with LSD. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he killed justice for Tusco, man. He killed Tusco. Uh, Martin Orn is a professor of psychiatry and psychology at the University of Penn. He too has deep ties to the CIA's MK Ultra program and was a pioneer in leading researchers in the area of hypnosis, which is uh, another tool they use. Yeah. Um, tons of people from Harvard. I mean, they well, I feel like hypnosis is real. Cause I mean, you even saw it's real enough a stage. It's real enough where you saw a stage performance and he got a couple of them. People can you be, have suggested to be susceptible to it. Yeah. yeah for people sure. can be suggested into things, but, um, so all that false memory syndrome foundation research, uh, today kind of brought me or back to this, um, or at least this tweet. And I thought it was interesting because Jordan Peterson, someone who we make fun of quite a bit, uh, joke on have a little fun with um there's some very interesting videos i found of him here where he is kind of echoing things that sound like false memory syndrome foundation talking points which it's interesting for someone who would like tout themselves as like a conservative who cares so much about children he tweets retarded shit about it every day um that he would have these opinions you know i mean sure people's opinions can change over time but uh it does seem odd so this guy, Wolfish, on Twitter, great thread about him. So Jordan Peterson, for some reason, frantically explaining how satanic pedophile rings are simply the product of the minds of schizophrenic mothers and confused children. Uh, the video appears to have been completely scrubbed from the Internet. Curious. Scandals that, that were very, very common in the 1980s. So 
horribly common actually, this infested many towns and usually what would happen is somebody who is a little on the paranoid side or maybe a lot on the paranoid side would send their children off to daycare and that was a whole new thing in the 80s, right, because women were you know, moving into the workforce like mad and so they were handing over their, often their infants, kids below three say, to total strangers and you know, for some of them that set up a fair bit of worry like it still does and sometimes that worry got out of hand, especially among the people who are a little on the little predisposed to paranoid schizophrenia and maybe even had had some previous episodes and so you know the kid would come home and the mother would observe or not something kind of peculiar about their behavior and then she'd fantasize about maybe what that was and then you know she'd start asking the child if the child had been touched in any particular way and you know and she'd keep this up for a good length of time and then the child would start to have nightmares and then the child would tell the mother about what the nightmares were and then that would freak her out and so she'd ask even deeper questions and soon you know her children were telling her that horrible things were happening to them at daycare and so then she'd go to the police and they wouldn't look into her psychiatric background and then the police would go out and they'd start to interview other children and if they interviewed them properly then the other children would start to produce all these stories as well because the now, how did that happen? Well, a bunch of ways. The first is... Full sip. Hits the police would ask Full leading questions. Hit. Like, did anyone touch you? Well, of course, someone touched the kids. I mean, people touch kids. Did anybody touch you there? Well, that's not a question. That's a piece of information. The piece of information is, if someone touched me there, an adult would be very interested in that. Right? And sooner or later, all the kids start having nightmares, and then they start telling the cops there's all these terrible things happen, like they're taken into underground caverns and they're stripped naked and they're forced to like leapfrog over each other. And like you just can't believe it what happened. You can't believe it. It's all documented in a book called Satan's Silence. Uh. So that's him basically just running cover for all that shit. That's what it sounded like, didn't it? Uh oh, it's just paranoid delusions of a child and a mother who went too crazy. And like it's or like is that. that him just being like I don't know, just that pseudo intellectual It could be. I don't know. But this that level of psychobabble seems like he really <laughs> believed it. But yeah, he cited a book Satan Silence was written by a woman named Debbie Nathan. She was heavily involved with the False Memory Syndrome Foundation. So it's funny that they're writing a book as a debunking book coming directly from the False Memory Syndrome Foundation, whose job is to like and it's in their best interest to always convince people that it's like bullshit, you know, no right. matter what. Yeah. It, it really it doesn't allow you to be like in the first place, be like, OK, well, yeah, um, maybe we need to investigate this before we just say it's bullshit instead of starting off with the idea that it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so we now know after the release of the finders files by the FBI I have that book. It's really interesting. Uh, we're in fact satanic pedo rings operating in the United States. CIA apparently attempted to shut down investigations of the Finder's cult. Well, we know that. I think we may have talked about that a little bit on here before where yeah, yeah. they found him with the kids in the van and then it ended up like the FBI was or the cops were investigating. They're like, hey, the CIA says we have to fuck off. And we can't check this out anymore. <laughs> and then that was that. <laughs> nobody, and nobody asked another question after right, that because right. <laughs> they didn't want to die, I guess. So in 2009, shortly before P Peterson began working at the UN, he was quoted by the press on the subject of the Cornwall pedophile ring scandal. He claimed it was a baseless conspiracy theory. So this is a scandal that happened in Canada, I believe, which I, that is way too small to read. But uh, 
pedo pedophile ring theory in Cornwall, Ontario will likely continue to swirl. And that highlighted part, I believe, says that one cannot discount it. It says you cannot discount this as a conspiracy theory. Like, essentially, there is something here. We just haven't been quite able to figure it out yet. But he he's actively being like, it's bullshit, you know? Um, so I'm not sure why he went out of his way to try and debunk not only the idea of satanic pedo rings, but also an actual pedo ring scandal that, that erupted in Canada. Why would he be contacted by the press to give a professional debunking on the subject? Odd and curious. Uh, speaking of pedo ring scandals, Jordan Peterson's friend, Steven Pinker, flew on Epstein's private jet and in 2007 worked with Alan Dershowitz to help defend Epstein from charges of human trafficking of underage girls. Weird. Oh, shit. He's <laughs> hooked up with Pinker. He's yeah. a Pinker, bro. He's a Pinker, bro. I hate Pinker. He's a freak. Something else pretty weird is that Peterson has interviewed and promoted a woman named Camille Pagilia. Um, she has publicly stated that she believes child pornography should be legalized and she champions pedophiles, including in her books. Ew. Um, all of the above is why I find this recent tweet of his to be a bit odd. Peterson has inexplicably gone out of his way to try and debunk satanic pedo rings. His friend, Stephen Pinker helped cover up Epstein's crimes and he promotes a woman who says she wants CPs legalized. Uh, and there's that tweet of his where he started, it's getting just impossible to find child porn responding to someone. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's <laughs> responding looks, to a Robert I feel Reich like I'm having tree. a false memory moment Reich. and I'm connecting too many dots here. Uh, Jordan Peterson, most people were sexually abused who were sexually abused as children recovered with very little psychological damage. I, That's a quote from him? Yes, and I highly believe that is not true. I, well, I, you I know what? That cannot... I His don't only know. thing is that that's a, it's a... it's a co- He's giving a testament to the coping skills. He said... I was molested and I'm just fine. <laughs> well, he's basically saying they all just fucking repress it anyway. It doesn't matter. They all repress right. it. Well, and then he probably, Milo's here, so he probably used Milo as a great case of someone who is incredibly well-adjusted after being molested as a teen. Oh, geez. Uh, do you want to listen to what he has to I say? I do not, honestly. Milo, <laughs> it's, it's probably Milo defending pedophilia and being like, it's good for young gay boys to get hooked up with an older man. He said shit like that. It, that's like a, uh, a uh, that's a stance because that's what happened to him. And I'm sure there's probably a beast inside of Milo that is yeah. not okay with what happened to him. But he is really good at kayfabing it. Milo is like Milo will continue to be the smooth criminal of the right, and he will never not be the smooth criminal of the right. He is very good at it. He's all kayfabe, baby. Um, so. There's Peterson explaining how false memories of childhood sexual abuse can be implanted and created by mistake. So this is probably a whole... I guess we could see what he says. Let's see what he says. And you have to be careful because you can dilute... Getting it back. Getting it back here. Ready? Yeah. Oh, you fucker. Careful because you can delude people about their about their memories as well because they're so malleable. You have to be very careful if you're a therapist not to twist and bend the memories to suit your diagnostic purposes. The reason you're suffering is because you were sexually abused as a child. That's the a priori presumption. Then I'll twist your memories until you come up with, a, with an account that, that suffices to show me that I'm right. Especially for people who are confused, man. You can do that. And you have to be careful because... Hmm. Interesting thing to say. But it's also... It's also kind of what I said earlier. Like, I think he's pulling that. And this is like the downfall of intellectuals is that they will always just say wild shit and like try to defend it in some way or another. Whereas like I say wild shit because I'm retarded. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, but on some level, like he is right. Like I mentioned, like memories are malleable and we know that people can like suggest things. I don't want to say though, like, again, I don't, I don't necessarily say believe all women, but I, that doesn't mean we discredit people when they, sure. co- and we don't start foundations <laughs> to completely discredit someone as soon as they mention something. But for some reason, there's an entire foundation that's really good, dedicated. Right? Well, not anymore. But there well, was. there used to be an entire foundation dedicated to fucking. I, I wonder if there's someone still carrying on that. Um, you know, it's funny that I, I guess they they was Ghislaine did her trial her trial ended in 2020, right? Or started in 2020? Yeah, I can't remember. It's been I, a it was during years. Corona, I think. Yeah. It was during Corona. It's been about a year or two, I think, because we because well, I mean, when we had your friend on who was trying to go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that was so. I feel like that was a year. That was about a year was about ago. A year ago, probably. So it was still going on. So they're recently defunct. Yeah, they're recently defunct. I guess some of them got involved in her trial because they were involved in her trial, but it's not probably right. not in the capacity that because the organization's gone. But I do find it interesting that they dissipated like after Epstein died. Like it's like, oh, well, we cleaned up that loose end. We don't need FMSF around anymore, huh? Yeah, right. To uh, run cover for our shit. Well, it's almost like a direct link to like, well. This was <laughs> well, this was definitely covering his ass. Job done. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the op's over, guys. We finished the op. <laughs> it's like when you beat the game, you turn the console off. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? They turn they down. You the, don't just leave uh, the Xbox uh, running they, for they fucking. They put ever. it into sleep mode. Yeah. Um. So this is a this is an allegation this guy makes. But uh, Jordan Peterson was contacted by the police last year and questioned about allegedly sending private messages to a teenage boy on Instagram. The night he mysteriously disappeared, who later turned up dead, his representatives claim it was an imposter. Bro, why are all these right-wing guys not only pedophiles, why do they have to be gay pedophiles? Allegedly. Uh, yes. Allegedly. Why do they all have to allegedly be gay pedophiles? I mean, I'm but, pretty but, sure Milo's a gay pedophile. I mean, <laughs> I'm not even saying that it would be a redeeming quality to be a straight <laughs> pedophile. Like, I'm not even saying that, but, but I feel like it's just... You know what I mean, though. It's insult to injury. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, on some yeah. level. Yeah. And it's there's an actual like... article that shows that Toronto police did speak to him after the boy died in Northern Ireland. Died and disappeared in Northern Ireland. So, yeah. And that that's the end of that thread. But, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that it kind of linked, uh, drew a little line. And it does seem like uh, he, he's definitely read books by the False Memory Syndrome Foundation and has friends who were involved in defending child traffickers. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I th- people could say you could be uh you could be judged by the company you keep. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So are we? We're not. We're we're not alleging anything, uh, but we're not accusing. Jordan Peterson. We're not accusing him of some, uh, some strange, some sus connections. So, uh, yeah, I would say very much so. Uh, I think anyone who's <laughs> affiliated with False Memory Syndrome Foundation with their weird like sex pest fo- founders. And you're saying <laughs> like, that like what's interesting to me though. Is that you're telling me that these videos got scrubbed? Yeah, basically when he started coming up as a conservative yeah. kind of talking figure. And this guy Wolfish, I think, has been very involved uh, in like calling Peterson out since he showed up and kind of became a conservative yeah. darling. And and he became a conservative darling because the conservatives made him their darling. Let's not forget. No, I don't. I get it. I, I don't get th- it. like they they sided with a guy who probably didn't really agree with most of what they think and probably still doesn't. But he's really good at hiding it. Yeah. Um. Because he loves that money. 
Loves that money. Of course. They they live on like him and Michaela and his wife, they live on like a seaside fucking like resort thing. Not like a resort, but it's like they have a nice like seaside house where he just like eats Xanax by the pool and goes, ah, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, honestly, he's crushing the whole it. family still lives together. He's and, kind of and crushing I think the it. cuckold husband of Michaela still lives with them too. And the new guy that yes. may have changed, but like the meat queen, Michaela, the meat queen out there doing her thing. Five hundred dollars to be in the Lions Club. The Lions Club. You get to eat a steak with her. Oh, is that Michaela's grift? That's is her that grift. Her thing? Yeah, yeah. The Lions Club. Yeah, she she has a lion diet. Remember, she was like trying to. Remember, she was like, I think she was on Rogan trying to show her book. Like Rogan interviewed her because she couldn't get. I guess he couldn't get her dad or something. Yeah, or he did it as a favor, and he was very very disinterested the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure Michaela runs his fucking Twitter still, dude, because. There's just there's some weird the the oil comment was very strange. Yeah, yeah. It was like she forgot to log in under her thing and was like, and you and Zuck should be rubbed in oil while they fight each other in the cage. <laughs> like what the fuck? I don't know, man. <laughs> some real goofy stuff. Some goofy. Uh... But yeah, I do I do want to get into those guys a little bit more and um the Alfred Kinsey who I believe was part of F S F M S F, um who was like the father of the sexual revolution uh, and routinely kind of like uh, said some very odd things, wrote some very odd things that like aren't very, he, he got a lot of his writings from like old Nazi doctors and psychiatrists and like, which is like a lead kind of leads on with that thing of like, uh, you know, the Nazis never lost like all, all their science and stuff got like translated over to us. Oh yeah, this is this is what the fourth Reich. The yeah, this should Reich, be like the fourth, fourth or fifth Reich. It's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. One of those. Yeah. Well, that's why we're on that Aryan elixir. We're on that. We're on that Mountain Dew grind. Well, the Mountain Dew, the Aryan elixir. It'd be like that. 